The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We know that you want to live an inspired and fulfilling life. Maybe there are a few things that you need to get you there. Welcome to What Matters with your host, Mary Beth Lodge. In today's world of distractions, we can get overwhelmed with day-to-day responsibilities that keep us busy, frustrated, and confused. With an emphasis on the power of the mind and drawing on the fields of personal health, education, neuroscience, business, and spirituality, we'll discuss practical strategies to help you stay focused on your priorities, choices, and results. Now, here is Mary Beth Lodge. Good morning. How are you today? Thank you for joining me today on What Matters. Today is an opportunity for you to make a difference. Can you do that? Can you find a way to make a positive difference in your world today? Can you make a change within yourself that will carry ripples of positive change into the lives of those around you and well beyond that? Do you know that no matter what the change is that you make, it will reverberate through the lives of the people around you? So it doesn't matter how small that change is, it makes a difference. So for this hour, pay attention. That's right, wake up. Spend this time listening. You've created the world you live in. How can you change the things that you want to change? How does this apply to you? Not your significant other, your best friend, your child, your parent, or your coworker, just you. Yeah, you can share information with other people, but ultimately, you are the only person you can really change. You're the person you're responsible for, and you are the person that, you, that can truly make a difference. No, not by telling other people what to do, but by taking action in your world and inside of you. Yeah, I know, you're busy, and we're all busy. We lead very busy lives. I know. I specialize in busy. And busy, you know what it means. Distracted. Mm-hmm. We're distracted from our goals. We're distracted from the people that are important to us. We're distracted from the things that count the most. So are you taking for granted the people in your life and the actions that you take that are most important to you? Are you spending your energy on things that don't really matter? When you make a decision... As to how to spend your time, do you consider the impact that decision will make? How do you touch the lives of the people you meet? And do you create sunshine wherever you are? Yep, very, very important to make your own sunshine. So what are you grateful for today? I'm asking you to look around your world and see the many blessings that enfold you on this day. Now this morning... We have a wonderful guest with us. His name is Mike Bundrant, and he is the co-author of The AHA Solution. He's also an internationally known NLP trainer and host of Mental Health Exposed, a natural news radio program. Welcome, Mike. Great to be here, Mary Beth. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Well, Mike, give us a little bit of background and where you come from and 
why NLP? Sure. Uh, my background going uh, uh, back, I guess, further than I care to mention is uh, mental health counseling. Um, out of college, I, I got my license to, to practice mental health counseling in the state of New Mexico. And around the same time, I started learning NLP or neurolinguistic programming, which has always been uh, near and dear to my heart, uh, even though uh, there's some NLP that um, I would steer you away from, but uh, at its core, it's a very sophisticated set of communication skills. So I started to train NLP and uh, do certification trainings, actually, in the U.S. And, and Japan. And sort of one thing led to another. I've since uh, left the uh, formal or, or the system, if you will, of mental health counseling in favor of practicing as a coach and, uh, of course, I write for the INLPcenter.com, naturalnews.com, uh, psychcentral.com, and I have my, my radio show. It's a radio show and podcast called Mental Health Exposed. So uh, here we are. Great. And um, our topic this morning is, um, I, I, I love the line, it's 10 signs that you believe it is wrong to be happy. <laughs> yeah. I just decided to call a spade a spade there, and I know a lot of people look at that and say, well, of course, that's, that's rubbish. I don't believe it's wrong to be happy. And another way to say it would be, would be 10 signs that you're resisting your happiness potential because we, uh, I think everyone I've ever encountered has ways in which they resist the happiness that is right under their nose or that's readily available to them, and I think it's time that we take a look at, we're, at what we're uh, unconsciously doing to sabotage ourselves, and that's why I sort of took this position on it. Okay. So really, these are beliefs that get in the way, that are what we call sabotage, but sometimes they're, it's, I mean, I always think of sabotage as something that's a little more conscious, um, that we have some sense of what's happening, but these beliefs could actually be totally out of our awareness. Yeah. In fact, uh, if you have a belief that happiness is not for me or that you have a tendency to end up in an old familiar place, a place of angst over and over again, it's a pattern in your life, then there is an unconscious belief happening. I often find that it is more practical to look for the signs that you have that belief because beliefs are... Uh, they're not tangible. They're not concrete. They're they're a concept. They're a perspective, and it's often hard to put your finger on it. But if you look at the signs in your life that at some level you're uh, you have a tendency to move away from happiness, I think that's a productive way to go. What am I doing in my life that's taking me in the opposite direction that I'd like to go? And uh, you know, as you are saying that, you know, I'm thinking of like a half a dozen people that I work with. <laughs> <laughs> right? Me too. <laughs> and and thinking of those patterns that, you know, sometimes from the outside are so obvious, but maybe for the person themselves, they don't they don't really notice it as a pattern. Yes. Uh and in fact, it is the, which is why therapists and coaches and 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 good friends are in business. It's so easy or relatively easy to see how somebody else is uh, messing up and getting in their own way. 
But when we're caught up in the midst of it, it off it getting in our own way, which is the end result, is often feels like and appears to be the only choice uh, available to us. That there doesn't seem to be other options, and that's why the re-education is really important. You can't have a choice about something of which you're unaware. And that's why we need to expand our awareness. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, you've got this list of 10 signs. Talk to me about one of them. Okay, so the 10 signs you believe it's wrong to be happy or that you're resisting your potential uh, for happiness. One of them would be that when you do feel happy, you also feel anxious. Uh, sometimes uh, happiness is an unfamiliar place for us, and we feel like when we're in that state of joy, we want to celebrate, we want to relax and let go and have a good time, and we start to do that, and then we become afraid. It's as if uh, it won't last, we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Sometimes it's like, uh, we, uh, sometimes we feel like, if I'm if I become happy, I'm making myself vulnerable to something bad, bad news, and then a funny kind of thing happens, which is we end up unconsciously just avoiding happiness altogether, in order to, and this is twisted logic, but in order to prevent bad things from happening, and. It's uh, This is a very, very common one. Nathaniel Brandon, uh, who wrote The Psychology of Self-Esteem, and that, there's a whole saga with him and Ayn Rand. Uh, I, I've met Nathaniel and talked to him personally about this. He called it happiness anxiety. It's just a place where happiness is not familiar and therefore makes us anxious, and therefore it's not for me. Mm-hmm. And that concept about vulnerability, vulnerability you know we're so cautious about what people know about us what might happen to us what happens if we're open and certainly when you are joyful (laughs) um sometimes people around you are uncomfortable with that yes and and we can be uncomfortable around people who are joyful it's like well uh it's this sort of unfamiliar place and you know the fear of course is not necessarily based on any reality in other words just because you're happy it doesn't mean that something bad is going to happen and in fact when you're happy and in a grounded place you're actually more prepared you're better prepared to deal with bad things uh, that may or may not happen Oh, absolutely. The resilience yeah. of happiness is, is so much stronger. Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have access to your resources. You're thinking more clearly. Um, you're much more resourceful and prepared. But again, this, uh, this, this unconscious uh, pattern uh, can be pervasive. We may not be able to control the feeling of fear or discomfort that, that sort of seems to come so naturally when we become happy. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so let's go on to another one, another thing that someone might recognize in themselves. Yeah, Um, another sign could be that when you feel good, uh, you feel guilty. Uh, Now, most people uh, feel guilty when they do something wrong, but some people feel guilty when they enjoy themselves as if they were uh, doing something wrong. 
So if you grew up with people, for example, who didn't allow you to be happy or you were punished when you, were cel- when, when you celebrated something, uh, you were told to settle down or to act more appropriately or what have you, when you became joyful, um, you, you got a certain message there and that message may still be active uh, in your psyche and you probably have a hard time letting loose and just you know, having a good time. So a lot of people feel selfish. Uh, when they're happy, like who am I to be happy? And again, it's a sign that at some level you believe this is not for me. This is not. This is not right. And again, that guilt, like the fear, is uh, what I call a false flag emotion. In other words, it's not based in uh, the reality that happiness is fine. It's okay to be as happy as you can possibly be, because. You're better equipped in that state to deal with problems. You're better equipped to help other people. You're better equipped to make a positive contribution to the world. And yet, nonetheless, we can feel guilty. It's possible to feel guilty uh, or selfish for no other reason other than uh, we're enjoying ourselves. And again, that's another sign that at some level we have an unconscious program that says steer away from happiness. Mm-hmm. You know, there are two things that that just kind of catch me as you're saying this. You know, the first is that concept of selfishness mm-hmm. that we're, we're really taught that selfishness is a bad thing. But there are times when being selfish is absolutely appropriate. You know, protecting your own time, protecting your joy, pr- protecting the, the things that um, make sense to you. That type of selfishness really is okay. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to taking care of yourself and making sure that your needs are met, being selfish in that way. And this doesn't necessarily involve excluding other people. So I'm not talking about self-centered, the world you know, revolves right. around me and everyone else is kind of an irrelevant object. I'm not suggesting that that in any way is okay. But in terms of ensuring that your needs are met and not requiring other people to do things for you that you should be doing for yourself. I mean, that kind of selfishness is healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's absolutely – and we'll talk a little bit more about that I'm sure um, in a few minutes here when we talk about meeting the needs of other people and and mm-hmm. so forth. But yeah, I agree with you 100 percent, Mary Beth. Mm-hmm. And the, the other thing that uh, strikes me and I'm sure that – Um, many people listening will recognize um, kind of that environment in which one was raised Um, Mm. when, uh, you know, I always think of it as creativity killers. Um, The people who almost shame um, joy or shame happiness, that when a child is expressing themselves in a joyful manner, they're restricted. They're given messages of that's too much. Settle down now. Don't, um, you know, essentially don't be so happy. <laughs> right. <laughs> How's that for a message? Listen. Yeah. Stop being so happy. It's making right. me uncomfortable here. Right. <laughs> you know, that, how's that for a message? But so often we do get that message. And I'm not suggesting that parents should be indulgent of whatever a child wants to do either. We've got to really, really pay attention. A child does have to learn certain 
limits. You know, if you're in a, if you're in a library and you're celebrating at the top of your lungs, well, that may not be appropriate. But how do we deliver that message and consistently over time what's going on? If you got that message and you have a hard time expressing your joy, then it's still active in there somewhere. And that's the kind of unconscious programming that we're talking about. You know, one of the ways that um, for myself that I've become aware of that is in my own language is that, you know, when I catch myself saying to someone else, settle down, or, and for no reason, you know, not that it's, they're being inappropriate or something like that, but just, a, a, again, a creativity killer, a, a thing that, that essentially says, oh, this is trouble if you are, you know, creating new ideas. This is trouble if you're <laughs> joyful. And, and, you know, it's, a, it's almost backhanded. It, you know, it's, done not in a way that um, is um, intentionally restricting. It's just a kind of a back-added thing like, oh, look at trouble there, you know, (laughs) and and still it is that same message. Don't be too happy. (laughs) It is that same message. And and again, this is why, I mean, just saying it that way um, makes you question it. Yes. Because we don't necessarily realize the function of that message, which is, okay, here we are, and I'm going to steer us away from all this happiness stuff. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we realize that that's what's going on, we now have the ability to, to question it. My thinking on this is that uh, as we receive these messages growing up, they sort of act like a script within us, and they do take us in the opposite direction of happiness. And that's the goal. In other words, this is right. this is this is twisted. But when you look at the evidence, and you have someone who consistently has opportunities to be happy, and they decline them, then some part of them has a goal to avoid the happiness and go somewhere else. And that somewhere else is probably going to be an old and familiar uh, place of angst that is, you know, based on early messages that you didn't have the wherewithal to filter out. Mm -hmm. Well, Mike, we're going to stop here and take just a brief break. And when we come back, we'll go on with some of these other things that give us clues as to how we resist happiness. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. 
You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now, back to What Matters. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our guest is Mike Bundrant. He is the co-author of The AHA Solution and an internationally known NLP trainer. And Mike, you've been talking with us this morning about kind of those signs or uh, symptoms, as I put it, of um, beliefs that we think it's wrong to be happy or that we're resistant to happiness. And um, we've started out with some really great discussion. Um, What's the next... What's the next clue? The next clue is a big one for – actually, the next couple of clues are a big one for women. And it's that you don't express your needs. Uh, There's a lot of uh, people out there uh, that allow others passively uh, to ignore their needs, to take advantage of them or take them for granted. And part of the reason for this is that they won't speak up. If, if, you, if you speak up and let others know that it's not okay to treat you in a certain way or to let them know what you need, then there is at least a very good chance that your need is going to be met. And we know, of course, that when our needs are met, uh, that generally leads to satisfaction and happiness and fulfillment. And when our needs go chronically unmet, then uh, we live in this place, this sense of emotional deprivation. And it's really amazing that so often we just won't express those needs. Mm-hmm. And again, a sign that maybe we are uh, sort of headed in a, the opposite direction of happiness. My wife tells, uh, my wife Hope tells an interesting story about this. In fact, uh, it's on a video that we offer to people at the INLP Center in which we had both worked pretty hard all day long. Uh, we you know, make our living through, through our website and uh, she actually does all the design and she runs our online school and so forth and she put in a, a hard day's work and she was, then she started to make dinner. And I was sitting there at the at the counter still typing away on my computer, and we ate and worked. It was just one of those days. And at the end, there were these dishes, and she started to do the dishes. And I was just sort of wrapped up in my own little world continuing to work. And she started to think, you know, he should really be helping with the dishes. He should be doing the dishes. My back hurts. I need a massage. And this is 
this this is what I need, and he's not paying attention. In fact, he should be paying attention. He should know these things. And then uh, and then she felt worse. And then she realized in that moment, based on when we we're actually working on the AHA Solution program, she goes, here it is. I have these <laughs> needs. I'm not expressing them, and now I have a choice. I express them and give him an opportunity, or I don't. So she stopped and said, you know what? I really appreciate it if you did the dishes. And uh, I said, oh, okay, great. Give me just a second here to save this, and I'll do it. He said, by the way, my back hurts, and can you give me a massage later? I said, I'd love to. I mean, there's absolutely no problem. And it was just one of those moments for her where she realized – Here's a guy who, you know, may not see everything I need all the time, but there's never a time when I ask when he's not responsive. Now, why am I not asking more of the time? And it's just one of those things. Now, not everybody has someone uh, – I'm not tooting my own horn here, but, you know, you may – some people say, well, if I express my needs, it's just going to lead to a fight, and I don't want to have a fight, and so therefore I won't express my needs. Well, you have just doomed yourself to 100% guarantee that your needs are not going to be met. Most people that I work with uh, come to realize that even if it leads to a little bit of a conflict, putting it out there, what you need, and giving the other person the opportunity is gives you a chance. It gives you a chance. It gives the other person a chance to, and it's a much more productive path to go down. Well, it's also, I mean... You know, when I hear that um, that response of it's just going to lead to a fight, therefore I keep my mouth shut, um, you know, I see that as a spiral that can move upward, not a downward spiral, but an upward spiral. Because if you are in a relationship where you cannot express your needs and expect some kind of support, then you have another choice. It gives you another opportunity, another level of awareness. If you choose to remain in that, then that's okay. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's more of a conscious decision of being in that place rather than um, kind of that unconscious Oh, rather than a yeah, a, rather yeah. than a passive decision, or uh, now I'm or, a victim of this situation. Right, right. Uh, kind of this that passive aggressive. You know, it doesn't matter anyways. Oh, woe is me, the martyr thing. You know, I mean, it's <laughs> uh, once once the spiral begins and you start an, a, an awareness, you are faced with new choices, and you can choose to be where you are, even if you're not happy with that. Because it might be a choice over something that would be less happy for you. I agree 100% because any time you raise your consciousness in that way, more choices appear. And so you have a need. Your partner can't, won't, for whatever reason, meet that need. You still have that need and you have choices. You go, okay, this is who I'm with. You know, He's not going to meet this need. I still have this need. What am I going to do? I'm making a trade-off. Maybe I don't want to leave him. Maybe I'm financially dependent. Maybe who knows uh, any number of legitimate or illegitimate reasons why you say, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay with this person. My back hurts. Okay, you need a massage. Well, how am I going to get that need met? Mm-hmm. Now you have a choice. Rather than staying in this place of, uh, of lack, 
and with a and with a back in pain now right. to, to boot, right? <laughs> so I agree a hundred percent. Anytime you see the truth, there is a choice to be made about it. Right. And I think once we're in that position where we recognize we can choose to meet our needs and not one single person will ever meet all of our needs but we're back in our power agreed and once we're in our power we can choose to be happy no matter where we stand (laughs) that's right that's right i agree 100 Mm percent and you said the other one um was also about needs but it was the opposite direction right it is it's being overly focused on the needs of others and again it's not that you know focusing on the needs of others is a noble thing to do and it's very fulfilling in and of itself it makes people feel good um it makes you feel good to make them happy and so forth and however being overly focused on others uh, where you're neglecting your own needs, maybe the the maybe it's not a reciprocal relationship, uh, or maybe you just need rest and and to be taken care of or to take care of yourself, and yet you don't allow yourself to take care of yourself because everyone else comes first. Period. And I submit that there are many opportunities if you're in the situation when you could choose to focus on the needs of others that aren't critical uh that it may there may be many times even if it's just a few minutes a day when it is a perfectly viable ch- choice to say no to someone else and take care of yourself and that will put you in a much better position to be of service to others lately and you won't go around resentfully serving other people because that is only well that's going to blow out your adrenals is what that's going to do you're going to live in chronic stress and be miserable mm-hmm. uh, but it is a way if you deny yourself the opportunity in another way in many ways it's using this is using others as an excuse to stay in this deprived place and there's a part of you that is seeking out that deprived place and we just need to look at that so that you have a choice about it Mm-hmm. You know, that it reminds me of a, a moment in time in, in my own life. It was very early when I first went into practice, and I was um, at an office that I um, shared with – the building was owned by a psychologist, a good friend of mine, and um, one of my clients walked in the front door while I was in the kitchen of the building and trying to eat my lunch, and I went, oh, I have to stop. Uh, you know, she, my client just came right. and she, she looked at me and said, the client could wait. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, I, at that moment, I realized how unconscious I was yeah. in attending to the needs of other people and, you know, specifically of my clients that I I would even deny myself food, which, you know, I can't function without. My brain goes dead if, <laughs> if I don't right. eat. But right. I would, you know, I would stop eating because she arrived. And I think she was even early, which made it worse. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's a, re- that's, a, that's a really great example, you know. And it's, uh, you know, if you really want to do the right thing for others, uh, take care of yourself because that that does something even more powerful than any individual need or circumstance in that it sets an example. If I had somebody assigned to take care of me, uh, 
throughout my life, um, I would come back with, and the number one thing I need from you is to take care of yourself first and be happy along the way because um, actually I don't want to be the target of resentment. Mm-hmm. And that's going to happen. It happens over and over and over again. It's like, take care of yourself. And if, you don't, if you're not comfortable with take care of yourself first, then at least take care of yourself along the way and achieve some sort of balance there. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that last word, balance, so important. I, you know, I, I'm thinking about, you know, parents of young children. Well, yeah, they're, they take a lot of time and attention, but that doesn't mean that you totally give up taking care of yourself. <laughs> you know, if, if you're not healthy, if you're not happy, what are you teaching to your exactly. children? Exactly. Um, you know, it, it, more specifically to answer that question, I think uh, mothers are teaching daughters that this is how, this is your lot in life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe enjoy your childhood while you can, but this is what, this is what you get. <laughs> and perhaps it's teaching young men to what to expect from mm-hmm. their future partners. Mm-hmm. This is what you should expect. Find someone who's going to, you know, cater to your every whim, and she's not going to like you during the process. But, you know, you know, here's what you do: you try to take advantage of of people because that's what women are for. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not all of us men should be focused highly on ensuring that uh, our partners are uh, taking care of themselves. We should be working very, very hard to anticipate their needs, to look beyond the words that are being spoken and saying, how is she feeling? What is she thinking and what does she need? And vice versa, I think women need to focus on the same thing. How am I feeling and what do I need? (laughs) And that would tilt things, I think, uh, in in the right direction based on my experience. Mm -hmm. Well, that certainly is a, a much healthier foundation for a relationship. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's the next clue? The next clue is uh, a really simple one uh, that you can't enjoy the moment. Uh, this is one that, you know, the, these moments uh, are ever fleeting. But it really what's possible is that at any time in almost any situation, you can drop your thoughts and just be in the environment that you're in. And I like to focus uh, or tune into just mundane sounds, uh, mundane visual patterns. Notice the colors of the trees in the sky. Notice the sound of a fan blowing in the background or a bird chirping. Not words, not music. Just notice the uh, in an external way. Drop your internal and notice. Just connect with the environment around you. Even touch your blue jeans and feel the uh, texture of the fabric and really feel it though it's just so grounding it's so grounding and so often we're just living in this internal autopilot uh, inner commotion machine that's just a distraction from where the real moment is and we're trained that way I think a lot and uh, it's sort of like if we slow down and enjoy the moment, all of a sudden, what, we're being unproductive, we're not thinking about important things. But enjoying that moment is so important. And if we steer away from it, if we steer away from the connection and the intimacy of the moment, 
I think it's a sign that at some level we have a script that says go in the opposite direction of satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, what I hear you describing without using the word is mindfulness. I hear you yes. talking about just, you know, being fully present and that practice. I, I love the way you describe that of, you know, touch your blue jeans and, and feel the texture of the fabric it is when you do that, you cannot also listen to the chatter in your head. True, true. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it takes a little bit of practice, right? Uh, but if you if the chatter is overwhelming you, it's just the awareness that, you know, I have something within me that is driving me away from enjoying this moment. What is that? Let me learn about that. Um, and you can just practice your way through it, just through discipline as well. But looking at the underlying, having the realization or the aha that uh, it, it doesn't, uh, that it starts off with some unconscious programming that is taking me in the opposite direction may be helpful. Mm-hmm. Well, Mike, we need to take a short break here, but um, I just, I love that whole concept about being present. That has, um, I think, that more than anything helps people become aware of how they do get in their own way. Agreed. So you're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now, back to What Matters. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our guest is Mike Vendrant. He is the co-author of The AHA Solution, and he has given us lots of opportunities for insight into the unconscious ways that we sabotage ourselves in being happy, or another way that 
he put it, is that we are resistant to happiness. Mike, we've been having some great discussion here about some of those things that could really help people understand that they do have some kind of an unconscious program and that they can become aware of that. What would be the next clue that you would have them look for? Well, this is a big one, and it has to do with the people that you attract into your life. Uh, If you attract people who are self-centered, who are emotionally unavailable, it is a sure way, uh, or or maybe you attract somebody who hurts you, Um, but it is a sure way that your needs will not be met. If you're in a relationship with someone who doesn't even see your needs or show any interest in them, in other words, you're just an object to this person, you really set yourself up for a lifetime of emotional deprivation. And this is one, again, when we talk about it, it seems so obvious. And yet, when you look at what people do, I did this. Um, When you look at what people do, and none of us are immune, we attract people who give us exactly uh, the thing that we don't want. Um, you know, you're raised by uh, an emotionally unavailable father who couldn't be there for you, who didn't express his love for you, who, you know, would rather, you know, read the paper or watch TV than play with you. And then you go off and you get in a relationship with a guy who's the same way. And you fool yourself into that. And this is how this script can play out. You fool yourself into that by saying, I can change him. Um, And you can't change him. Uh, you know, or shall we say 99% of the time you, you can't change him, but maybe he is what you're familiar with. Maybe being with someone who's intimate and available for you is not comfortable for you. And again, these are more signs that you've got an unconscious script that is, that makes you resistant to happiness. So what kind of people do you attract into your life and make choices to be in relationships with and then take their abuse and then keep going with that? And again, that's a sign that there's something within you that needs to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. And it would be especially important if someone found themselves kind of linearly uh, over time attracting the same type of person. Yes, I always love it when someone shows up to do some work with me and says, okay, I've been you know, in several relationships and they're all with the same kind of person. I'm starting to think, you know, maybe it's not just them. Maybe there's something <laughs> going on. I'm like, yes. Hmm, good insight. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's start from that place. <laughs> the last 10 years will have all been worth it when we're done because <laughs> you're going to see this. And then the real question is, how do we make you available to the right kind of person? Because a lot of times um, the, the physical attraction goes with that as well. Uh, a lot of times uh, we're attracted to someone that we kind of know isn't uh, right for us, who's going to end up being that same old kind of person. But that's the kind of person we're physically attracted to. And a nice person seems boring. Mm-hmm. It's like we're addicted to the drama, and that's the very thing I am talking about here. That script runs deep, and we've got to address it. And I have seen people come through this where 
they end up losing their attraction to people that ultimately are going to hurt, reject, control, or deprive them because they realize the amount of pain, the undealt with pain uh, that it causes. And all of a sudden, uh, people who are much more respectful and mature become more attractive. That's possible. But the starting point usually is, yeah, but, you know, I'm physically attracted to this kind of person. Mm -hmm. And, again, that's a sign. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've seen that um, in adolescent girls, that early um, expression of, I want the bad boy. I want, I want the one that's going to get in trouble, get in jail. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's what I call exciting. That's exciting, know? yeah. And, you know, and for a while, you know, that might be just a, a component of an adolescent individuating, becoming who they are, testing things. It's when they do it a second and third time that I'm pretty sure it's unconscious programming. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it it is. And, you know, it's really hard to see. Usually we have to go through a certain amount of pain in life in order to get us out of the the denial because we blind ourselves to the unconscious programming. Um, It's uh, we hide it from ourselves. And there's different theories about why. One theory that just particularly... um, in your face says we're protecting it because we take some unconscious pleasure in all of that drama. Uh, we find some sort of sort of personal justification in it or satisfaction in it. And uh, even the satisfaction of knowing that the other person is wrong to treat you that way. And you go about allowing them to continue to treat you that way because it feels good that the other person is such a jerk and that by some sort of default you may be innocent. That's a really, you know, in your face one. And, and then some people think it's just what you've learned. You've learned to have a certain set of choices in your life based on your experience. And the other things aren't familiar to you and therefore scary. So you've got to familiarize yourself with them, with, a, with new choices. Mm-hmm. You know, that first one can feel quite threatening. Um, yes, yes. It, and I, you know, I kind of want to emphasize that in that theory, and I'm I'm familiar with what you're speaking of. That's not necessarily conscious. <laughs> you know, it, you're you're not, not doing that to yourself, knowing what you're doing. You're doing it to yourself, not knowing what you're doing, and that's the whole point. Even even the denial of it is an unconscious mechanism. It's you know, the it, brain. It, it is, and I'm glad you said that because people hear that and they can feel accused. Mm -hmm. As if I'm consciously – no, consciously, we want to be happy. Right. And what we're talking about here is the unconscious programming that you – until you become conscious of it, you actually can't uh, exert any influence over it. And it's not your fault. Just being born into this world is enough. Right. Um, Yeah, to – you know, to learn some of these more dysfunctional patterns right. and repress them. Yeah. And it's also, it's not necessarily the fault of the people who raised you because they too were acting unconsciously. <laughs> yes, indeed. And in fact, um, a lot of children, a lot of uh, adult children who came from families where they go, you know, and, and they're not in denial about this. I had good parents who I know that they did the best they can, but here I am with this addiction or with this pattern that I'm making myself miserable over. 
And it, it, it isn't necessarily the fault. The parents can exacerbate the problem. But again, just being born is enough. I mean, look at where we come from. We come from uh, the womb I'm speaking about here. And, you know, a place of, of warmth and timelessness where all of our needs are met before we even experience those needs. And we come out into a world where just learning uh, to, to grow up and be an adult means you're confronted with being controlled, rejected, and deprived, even with a great uh, parent. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's limits, and an infant doesn't have any sense of limits on time. You have to wait to get the food. No, you can't go and, you know, play with the electrical wires, (laughs) learning (laughs) boundaries and so forth. And, And that's why babies become enraged when you place limits on them for their own protection and out of love. They still become enraged. Because they're learning those boundaries and experience it as being uh, mistreated. Otherwise, they wouldn't be enraged. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I had a student once who said to me, you know, I had wonderful, loving grandparents. And I had incredible, uh, nurturing parents. And I had really great therapists. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Those are all great things to have. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that's it exactly. So we're not trying to blame parents here, um, uh, as you as you pointed out, Mary Beth. Not not in any way. Um. Well, um, I, I'm looking at the list, and I I'm really going to love this next one. So it, let's go there. You expect disappointment, or that things won't work out, and uh, this, of course, becomes. A, a self-fulfilling prophecy. It, it, expecting disappointment keeps happiness at a distance for sure. And it, it sort of precludes uh, or you forego success uh, when this happens. You sort of, it, it's a sign that you're starting out with a program that says, um, you know, don't, uh, you won't get any satisfaction. And then oftentimes, uh, you don't. Surprise, surprise. And again, it, another, it's relatively simple. Uh, it's, uh, you know, you're not expecting things to work out. You're expecting the worst. You know, when I have someone who um, walks through my door with this kind of a um, expectation of life, I challenge them by saying, if it did work out, would you recognize it? Right. Because in the expectation, their their brain is trained to only look for the disappointment for That's how it's right. not going to work out. So um, I, I think that um, it's beyond just the expectation. Of course, with the expectation, we put out there all of the, the things that will attract disappointment. But also that even if, if it did work out, yeah, well, the brain wouldn't be attuned to that. So it wouldn't even make it through the door. <laughs> you might, yeah, you might not even recognize it. And, you know, some people object to that saying, you know, I expect disappointment and that motivates me to work 10 times as hard to ensure that it's going to work out. I'm constantly fighting against the possibility of failure, which is why failure is what I'm focused on. That actually can work as a motivational method. It can get you to work a lot harder uh, in theory. And at least a lot of people do it that way. Again, the problem is the starting out point because when that hard work pays off, those people usually don't just stop 
and enjoy it. Said I employed my avoid failure strategy, and here I am reveling in my success. No, what they usually do is when they've reached their goal, they they start to avoid how you know they they continue to avoid disaster in their mind. They don't usually stop to enjoy the goal and enjoy their success. They're looking ahead to the next thing that's going to fail. And the ongoing experience is one of fear. It's, uh, you know, it's not a happy place to be. Right. It's more the, the hamster wheel of fear. It, yes. You just keep running because you're sure failure is going to catch up. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. And again, it's a very stressful way of being in the world, mm-hmm. even though you may produce results. Um, you know, and then again, a lot of people start out expecting disappointment, and they get disappointment pretty quickly, and they give up because they already knew that was going to happen in the first place, and now they have more uh, evidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Mike, um, we may not get to the rest of these with the last few minutes that we have. I do want to give you a chance to talk a little bit about your website and um, kind of some of the programs that you offer. So. If someone were listening today and they, you know, want more information, where would they go? Uh, they would go to inlpcenter.com, inlpcenter.com. There is actually a free 20-minute video on this website. If you just go to the home page and then you can see in the upper on the upper left-hand uh, sidebar, there's a place where you put your email address in to watch a video called AHA, The Empowering Process That Ends Self-Sabotage. Uh, you end up on our mailing list. Of course, you can always hop off our mailing list if you want to. But there's a free video that outlines the underlying dynamics of self-sabotage and, and explains the phenomenon of psychological attachments. And a psychological attachment is uh, sort of a tendency to unwittingly seek out the negative and end up in that old place where we feel passive as if we're being controlled, deprived, or rejected. Again, it's an unconscious script, and this video uh, sheds light on that and begins to show you the way out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, the other... Um the other uh, three of the the list of things that are clues are available on that website as well? Yes, of course. You go to the inlpcenter.com there and click on the articles tab and so the upper navigation bar it says articles. You'll have to scroll down until you see an article that says uh, 10 signs that you believe it's wrong to be happy. Uh, the other three uh, signs that we didn't talk about are are right in there. Good. Okay. And and there's lots of other things there too. I mean, there's there's a ton of articles as I yes, call uh, that. lots of articles. Uh, a lot of the articles are along these lines of sort of highlighting, bringing to light unconscious patterns. And of course, we offer a certification in in neuro linguistic programming. We take a deeper approach uh, approach to NLP. NLP is a basically a set of communication skills and a strategic intervention and I set out to discover why it doesn't work some of the time and when you have a technique that's supposed to do something good for you and that technique doesn't work what's going on I started thinking you know we we so I started just looking a little bit deeper into what is it that causes us to reject what works what is it that causes us to shy away from 
what would make us happy? Why are we resisting? And that's what got us started down this path of self-sabotage. Great. Well, Mike, I really want to thank you for you know bringing this to our awareness today and um, really giving out some really great information for, that people really can use just for themselves to become more aware and um, and and from that awareness to have more choices and more power in their lives. So, I just want to really honor you for having developed this and made it so readily available. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on the show, uh, Mary Beth. It's been great to be here. Okay. Well, um, now for all of our listeners, this is your challenge. How do you apply this to you today? How do you make a difference today in your life? Go out there, make it a great day. You truly deserve it. Thanks again for joining us for What Matters. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll help you continue to make a difference next week. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.